On this Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, you know we'll be going to the YouTube comments and Cody and I discuss what went wrong for the Houston Texans in 2022. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. It's a fun Friday here. You are joined. You're watching John Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis here to discuss the Houston Texans. Really looking forward to the what went wrong for the Houston Texans in every damn thing. <laughs> listen, you know how they say when you point a finger, you got five, four, like pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans have been pointing fingers and like, you know what, this went wrong, this went wrong. But I think there's going to be an interesting take by Cody that they're going to be fingers pointed back at the person that kind of made everything go wrong and go haywire. But before we do that, we dive into them YouTube comments on the Back for More podcast, which pending free agent should the Houston Texans bring back? I, I got to say this because this was the funniest one. And I, I, I already know where you're going. <laughs> I, I didn't realize what I said until I said it. And so Cody suggested bringing back Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> Uh, because he was a hybrid <laughs> quarterback, I was there. And on the show, I said, you on that hybrid. Shout out to my man, Joe Lee. Uh, just quoted that and said, you on that hybrid. Laughing my AO, uh, LMAO, I'm hollering, bro. But, uh, you know, one of the ones that I thought was interesting, though, neither one of us mentioned. Thank you to uh, Jack Craig. Amari Rogers is a player. Houston should definitely 100%, 1,000%. Bring back. I think Amari Rodgers in his time with Houston played some damn good football. Uh, also, considering the quarterback situation here in town, it ended off this season. Uh, only played a few games for Houston, but ended off this season with 204 yards, one touchdown, averaging nearly 13 yards per catch. I absolutely believe that Amari Rodgers should be brought back. And one thing that I like about Amari Rodgers is I think he may pair well with John Metchie. We, we, we kind of forced John Mechie into that slot role, but John Mechie can play inside and out. Mm. And I think that once he gets acclimated to the NFL, this is a league that Devontae Smith, who is uh, you know a fraction of your size, uh, Cody, in terms of weight and everything, is a dominant receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I think that when we look at Mechie, I think that he can replicate some of the same things when he's healthy and ready to play football, of course, that Devontae Smith is doing. Of course, if he is paired – with a quarterback that can get him the ball. So Amari Rodgers is one of those players that I, I, I would love to see him in a third or fourth wide receiver position, you know, here in Houston. You know, I, I find my take on Amari Rodgers kind of interesting because when he first got here, I really did not know what to expect. Um, you're looking at a guy who played with Aaron Rodgers for what a year in Green Bay, and he does not catch his first touchdown until he gets here to Houston. And ironically, it came with a touchdown pass thrown from Jeff Driscoll. Um, not sure what was going on in Green Bay, however, I would like to say that I was wrong about Amari Rodgers and went 
the Houston Texans being on the verge of drafting, quote unquote, arguably their next franchise quarterback, whether that's CJ, whether that's Bryce, um, John, you know me, I want to see the Houston Texans put them in the best situations. And the one thing you could do for a quarterback is make sure they have enough weapons. Um, I know it's early, but I do expect once again, and hopefully he stays healthy, Nico Collins to take that next step. Um, you already know that we're going to get John Mechie back and, you know, given everything that he's been dealing with over the past season, I don't think we're going to get the John Mechie that we was hoping for because it's going to take him some time to get back in, in, into rhythm. And hopefully, Nick Casario can do a good job of adding, let's say, another uh, one or two more quality receivers. However, I look at Rodgers in the same tone as I look at Chris Moore. And when you go back and you take a look at how well the Houston Texans actually played on the offensive side of the ball, where they look competitive, actually ended up pulling off not one but two victories towards the end of the season, I had to give credit to Amari Rodgers because he was one of those wide receivers that went out there, was reliable. I know you hate this word, dependable. But at the same time, he actually went out there and brought some quality production out there on the field. And I do believe that Amari Rodgers is part of should be brought back to the Houston Texans for at least another season. Absolutely. This was on the uh, next. The next comment was on the homecoming podcast. We talked about the potential D'Amico Ryan's coming back to Houston to be their next head coach. And mm-hmm. El Mario in the comments said Brian Cushing to come back for the linebacker coach. And if you guys do not remember, Brian Cushing did spend some time in Houston as a coach between 2019 and 2020 as an assistant strength and conditioning coach. And you know, again, man, I don't know about all of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much of it are people wanting to see, um, you know, wanted to see the Texans rebuild. You know, the, the the golden years, which it's kind of funny because it was like on the horizon years, not the golden years. Like mm-hmm. you can see it happening, but it never happened. I don't know about Brian Cushing coming back as a linebacker <laughs> coach, man. I, I really don't. I, I do know that I believe, especially with his dad out of the door. I believe Miles Smith should be right behind him. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that Miles Smith was put in a, uh, a kind of weird situation because he was his, his his head coach was his dad, and it didn't have that much talent on the defensive side of the ball at that linebacker position until we saw the growth of Christian Harris, and then guys around him started to play better. But I think when you get a new Coach and they're going to bring his own guys in. I'm just not 100% sold that the Houston Texans should start bringing in former Texas players. Um, it depends on if they really have real qualities of being a coach. Um, I know a lot of people, including myself, would love to see Andre Johnson come in and take the role as a wide receiving coach, uh, only because I know, given his stature, given what he was able to do throughout his career, I believe that he can bring a lot of knowledge um, to this young wide receiving core, especially for a guy like John Mechie and Nico Collins. Uh, matter of fact, throughout the season, uh, me and Collins had several conversations on the side where you know he talked about you know wanting to follow in Andre Johnson's footsteps of being one of the best wide receivers for in in Houston Texans franchise history. However, with all that being said, even though I would love to see him take that role, you also got to keep in mind one, does he possess the coaching qualities and two, if he could bring that mentorship role, it might be best 
and this, of course, if D'Amico Ryans get the job to rely on some of his former players, like Andre Johnson, like a Brian Cushing to a certain extent, because remember, he was the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, ironically, Will Fuller and Bradley Roby got suspended for PEDs. Just want to throw that back out there. But, you know, with all that being said, even when you take a look at um, J.J. Watt, and you know J.J. and D'Amico has a really good relationship, I think that the hiring of D'Amico Ryans will bring respectable Hall of Fame guys back to this organization where they can just take on a mentorship role for a lot of these young players. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason why I would like to see D'Amico Ryans get this job in terms of just the mentorship aspect. Because like I said on that homecoming podcast, I think the mentorship and everything that Christian Harris can learn from D'Amico is basically going to, he probably going to have an opportunity to exceed his expectations that we have, have of him as of right now. Lastly, before we got out of here and move on, my man Thomas Correz, I hope I'm saying that right, Correz, uh, what if Ryan's decides to bring Jimmy G? Um, I got one word for that, no. But let's not focus on what went wrong for the Houston Texans. Let's focus on what can go right for your small business Whenever you partner with LinkedIn as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insight uh, insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates out there. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job applications all in one platform. It's really why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. Visit LinkedIn Jobs right now because they will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers to this Friday podcast. Uh, this Friday, man, we made it. Hmm. We made it. We made it to Friday. And though we didn't make it to Friday with a new head coach, uh, hey, there fine. is still. Take your time. Take, take your, your time. time. Shout out to Hannah McNair. Who, by the way, <laughs> Hannah McNair was looking stunning the other day at that Houston Sports Award. So shout out to her, uh, who, you know, being, you know, more active and involved with this franchise right now. And uh, we love to see that. But, uh, Made it to Friday and, uh, you know, never would have made it without you, without you guys, <laughs> our listeners and our viewers. But let's get back to the topic at hand. And that is what went wrong. What went wrong? And in hindsight, it was hiring Pep Hamilton, promoting Pep Hamilton to be the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And I'll tell you why. 30th in points per game, 17 per game, 31st in yards per game. Averaging 283 per game, 32nd in yards per play, averaging 4.7 yards per play. Also, only average 1.7 yards, uh, 1.7 touchdowns per game, and a red zone TD percentage of 47 percent. 
percentile, which ranks both of those 28th in the league. And lastly, just abysmal in converting on third downs, only converting 30% of the time. Yes, a lot of that blame does go to Davis Mills and his own inabilities as a quarterback. However, when we take a look at some of the franchises and other teams around the league this year, as my boy Coop would like to say, shout out to my boy, you have to coach, right? You have to learn what works great for your quarterback and coach on that. Uh, Brock Purdy, I think, is an example of great coaching. Um, our head coaching search here in Houston, Mike Kafka, I think, is a perfect example of great coaching, right? Of course, Brian Dable did an amazing job of revitalizing that offense and healthy Saquon Barkley and helping out Daniel Jones. But when you look at the play calling for the New York Giants, they did a great job of playing to the strengths of what they had on their offense. That is not something the Houston Texans did uh, consistently throughout this year. And I think if we can look at that, converting on third downs 30% of the time was probably the most frustrating part of this office. I, I really think so, because there are moments where the opportunities to really win these games, to extend drives, to keep your tired defense on the sideline to allow them to get a uh, you know some rest and a break and allow this offense to establish some type of chemistry on that field to put points on the board. That did not happen consistently through 17 games. It may have happened for a drive. It may have happened for a quarter, but not all four. And I think that when you look at Pep Hamilton, who I was very critical of Davis Mills in the early parts of the season, I started to look around the NFL league and I started to say to myself, hmm, if other people are able to do it, why aren't they able to do it here in Houston? And I think a, a big reason of that is because of Pep Hamilton and his lack of playing to the strengths of his offense and his offensive guys. And this is not really in hindsight. My next one, uh, I knew it was a mistake then, but drafting Thomas Booker over Tariq Woolen, uh, Woolen, excuse me, I loved him at the Senior Bowl. Was a physical freak, super athletic. And that translated into a phenomenal rookie season with the Seattle Seahawks. No disrespect to Thomas Booker, who I think is one of those players in the fifth round you are expecting to gradually grow as he plays in the NFL, as he goes through a full NFL offseason to get bigger, to get stronger, to get faster, and to learn his defense and what this team wants him to do. Unfortunately, they're going to go through another coaching search, so that would mean some more inconsistencies on the parts of the Houston Texans in terms of growing these young players, which really sucks and hurt. But this time it's going into year two, and I think that now he'll be able to be around an established coach, whether it be Gannon, whether it be D'Amico Ryans, or whoever they bring in to get help him get to that next level. But, man, Stingley, uh, Desmond King, Tyreek Wolin, this secondary, Jalen Petrie, uh, Jonathan Owens, for what it's worth, uh, uh, this secondary would have been great, not to mention uh, Steven Nelson. The way you critiqued it, Pep Hamilton, kind of reminds me of a conversation I had um, earlier this week uh, with a media member getting ready to cover the Rockets. And we was discussing, you know, who's to blame for the Rockets' downfall as of right now. And, of course, unfortunately, Coach Steven Silas is taking a lot of heat. And I looked at that from a standpoint. I say, you know, it's hard for me to fully criticize Silas because he doesn't have the right roster construction for his team. 
And when I take a look at Pip Hamilton and I and, and I compare it to what he was able to do in Indianapolis, I take a look at how much he helped and how much credit he gets from Justin Herbert, how much he was able to develop him during his one season in Los Angeles. Um, I still kind of find it hard to say I have a full assessment of Pep Hamilton because of the poor roster construction that went on. And when you take a look at what went wrong for the Houston Texans in 2022, just like I say for the Houston Rockets, I'm going to repeat it here on Locked On Texans, it's the general manager, Nick Casario, poor roster construction because you can put all the blame on Pep Hamilton all you want, but at the end of the day, Nick Casario did not do a good job of building this team. And the one thing that frustrated me the most throughout this entire season was the fact that he brought in quality players. And I know names like Tyler Johnson, Tyrone Johnson, and, and, and Marlon Mack. You know, I, I know those names are not going to help the Rock and help the Rockets, help the Texans go from three wins to a playoff caliber team or anything like that. But there was moments, especially middle of the season, the one game that comes to my mind is the game against the Washington Commanders where the Texans look so damn awful. And it's like, say what you want about the play calling, but look at the poor product that you have out there on the field. And it got to the point where poor Damian Pierce, it seemed like he was the only guy capable of moving the ball. And not only that, in terms of everything else that went wrong with the poor roster construction, I'm also wondering, John, and I know this might not hurt that much given that they do have really good draft capital, but I take a look at the situation that took place at the trade deadline with Brandon Cooks. And I think to myself, when they depart from Brandon Cooks this offseason, I wonder how much the Houston Texans are going to get little, if not anything, back in return. Because when you take a look at all the drama that took place with Brandon Cooks, you take a look at the lackluster performance he went out there and showcased all the way up until the last game of the season, he hurt his trade value. And, you know, I heard conflicting things about what Nick Casario was asking about asking for a, a, a trade from um, Brandon Cooks back in return, but I don't think he's going to be able to get that same deal this offseason, which means that it's going to be another missed opportunity. So, look, once I, I'm not taking up for Pep Hamilton. Yes, I understand some of his play calling was terrible, like the game against the Cleveland Browns, I believe, when it was like fourth and two or fourth and three, and you end up calling a play for Jeff Driscoll to target Troy Harrison, other than giving the ball to one of, if not the best running back in the AFC South at the time. Of course, I know it's, I know it's early, but he has the potential to do so. And Damian Pierce, like, I understand there were several moments that Pep Hamilton could have done better with his play caller, but I just feel that it was only so much he can do because he did not have the right talent around. And I just think it's very unfortunate. Yeah, man. I've been preaching and kind of screaming that since last offseason. This team. Yeah, you did. Depth. And uh, when you look at the players that they brought in, you know, what, what made that so frustrating with the Tyler and Tyrone Johnsons and the Eno Benjamins, what made Eno all Benjamin's of that frustrating is the fact that those guys didn't even get a chance. Exactly. This is not like – this is not like this was a franchise that was pushing for comp you know competitive play to for playoff push right to win the AFC South and you know make it make make a run or whatever the case is 
This was not that situation. This was throughout the entire year up until the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. This was the worst team in the NFL. And you are bringing guys in to play at positions that this is where you lack probably the most talent at. <laughs> and they never got a you know a shot. I, I think we saw between Tyler and Tyrone Johnson, I think we saw them play a, a combined of maybe 15 snaps on the that field. And I think three targets between the two. That is sad. That's what's so frustrating. And, and, and you know, your your point to looking at Pep Hamilton or even Lubby Smith and comparing it to the situation with Houston with uh Cosales, and then you go, you gotta look beyond that, think bigger, think brighter. The general managers of these franchises mm-hmm. have not did a good job of putting talent around this on this roster, and that's the fact. So uh, I like that because we have to be honest, and this is why I was critical of why are you bringing Nick Casario back to be a general manager? General manager takes more than being a good scout. There's other things hmm. that you have to do to be a successful general manager, and in two years, we take a look at two hits at the head coaching positions. We got to look at why these rosters have been put together as poorly as they have. So I, I, I like that. That absolutely went wrong in Houston in the 2020 for Houston in the 2022 season. The NFL playoffs are here. By the way, uh, man, uh, they call it the Burrowhead. Oh, boy. Yeah. The, the Bengals better chill. That's that's no, one thing you don't do. No, you don't wake up no. a goat. Don't poke the bear. Poke him. Plain and simple. Football. Leave I it alone. I guarantee it. you, this is going to be a very remarkable, rememberable, legendary game from Patrick Mahomes. There's certain th- you know what this reminds me of when the Cavaliers came back from three one. And you know they had that whole fiasco with LeBron and everything, and Draymond called LeBron a B and all this. I remember Clay Thompson was saying, well, maybe he just got into his feelings. And a reporter asked LeBron about that, and I just remember he just gave a, and that was it, and walked off. And look what happened. We're going to see the same situation on Sunday. Watch what I tell you. I love it. And you know what? With FanDuel, go ahead and bet. Make some money on this game, man, with FanDuel. FanDuel is our new locked on. (laughs) FanDuel is our new locked on uh, sportsbook partner because FanDuel is the best in America. So the best in America in terms of sports podcasts, linking up with the best in America for for sportsbook betting, make a perfect combo. New customers, if you join today, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed whenever you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, excuse me, has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, Arrowhead fans, Burrowhead fans, and even, you know, some of the NRG fans that cannot enjoy the playoffs right now, <laughs> but you can enjoy FanDuel right now. All you have to do is bet your place of $5 bet to get $150 in free bets with, with FanDuel, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen today. 
for your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Podcast, bringing you the local insight you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. Before we close the week out, everybody's favorite draft analyst over at ESPN, Mel Kuyper Jr., he released his first mock draft of the 2023 NFL draft. And it was very interesting of what took place. He did this mock draft with no trades or anything like that. So at number one, he had the Chicago Bears taking Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle. Um, but at number two, your Houston Texans, he had he had the Texans taking CJ over Bryce John. Let's just get it started because I'm pretty sure that this is a conversation that we're going to have until from starting today all the way up until the draft. If Bryce and CJ are still on the board at number two, and of course this, this goes into Chicago, don't trade down. Will it be in the Texans' best interest to draft CJ over Bryce? Hmm. Man, I don't even want to answer that question. <laughs> I don't, and I say that because I posed a question on Twitter the other day, like, is it fine to start talking about free agency or do we wait until the new head coach comes in? And, you know, because that really does make, you know, a, a difference seeing what the head coach feels, the new head coach and how he views those two quarterbacks. However, mm-hmm. man, for me, I might get killed for for saying this, CJ. Hmm. CJ, um, know how you stay quarterback? And I know how you feel about him. You You've know been how saying I feel, it for the longest. <laughs> you know, I I feel I do feel that way. Um, between Justin Fields, who, by the way, I still think can be a successful NFL quarterback. I still believe that when you look around the league, all 32 teams, you can make an argument that Justin Fields was in the arguably the third worst or top three worst situations at, at quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. And, and and not only quarterbacks that struggled, but some of those quarterbacks struggled in situations that was set up for them to succeed. Justin Fields is in a situation in Chicago that from day one, it was not a great place to succeed uh, to be successful into Flores, and that's in back-to-back years. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at Ryan Poles, the general manager for um, for the for the Bears. They got a hundred million dollars in cash space. I want to see what what he does with that to improve that roster. But to go back to the Houston Texans, man, I am one of the guys that that is worried about Bryce Young's um, size. physique, his size, mm-hmm. his physique. I am. Uh, the reports that he's going to work with his nutritionist to get up to 200 pounds uh, for his pro day or for the combine. Uh, between now and then, that is very doable, right? We, we, we If you watch uh, some of these movies, man, these guys get jacked up in a short amount of time. Seriously. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to see him get jacked up and then that jeopardize what he can do as a quarterback that he's been naturally doing his entire career. Uh, and I look at CJ, man, I just think that CJ – can do a lot of the things, majority of the things that Bryce Young can, and then he comes with the size and strength. So, 
Uh, outside of the IQ that Bryce Young has, and I really love Bryce Young's IQ, man. Bryce Young is a player that I really want to see succeed. I just think for Houston, man, I am worried about his size. Um, so I, I gotta go. Bryce, I gotta go. CJ with number two if he's available. I mean, it it, it it makes sense, especially going back to another conversation we had early on in the week. You know, how much do you pay? Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, if you lose both of those guys or one of those guys, um, you know, through free agency, through a trade or whatever, that automatically is going to weaken your offensive line. A weakened offensive line means your quarterback is going to get hit a lot more than you like. And if there's a quarterback on the center that I I don't want to see him get hit, but if there is a quarterback on the, on the center for the Texans next season and, you know, they're getting hit more than we like, I think CJ has the stature to deal with it, to handle it more so than Bryce. However, when I take a look at Bryce, man, I just love his pocket presence. I love how poised he is. You mentioned his IQ. Like every qualities of a top quarterback, he has that. Not saying that CJ doesn't has doesn't have it, because I believe he does as well, but I think Bryce's is automatically I, I think Bryce is more so plug play and get results i think cj is going to be more so along the lines of plug play and it might take him let's say the first half of the season before you start getting results i do believe if bryce is in a perfect situation um he's going to come out and we're going to be like okay that's the quarterback that we saw that that we saw in college from day one to come in and change our franchise like i mentioned i think cj it might take him a little bit longer but you know at the end of the day man i, I just think that this is a good um, situation for the Houston Texans to be in, um, especially given the fact that you thought you had your franchise quarterback a couple years ago, and it's not too often that you lose a, a player of that stature, and then in the next year or two, you have an opportunity to get a second chance at it. Yeah, man, and that's kind of funny you said it because the Indianapolis Colts <clears throat> lost Andrew Luck, and they man. went through this cycle of bringing in old vets, old vets, old vets, mm-hmm. and now they have an opportunity to address it. Bryce Young going number four to the coach. And that is more more of a perfect situation than Houston is. Mm-hmm. Right? I look at Indy and I say, man, they got some <laughs> things they got to tune up on, but I think health is number one. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> getting those guys healthy and getting a quarterback that can get them the ball consistently may do wonders for them. So we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. Thank you guys for checking out this Friday episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. Be sure to take Friday, do a couple of things for me. Have some fun. Shout out to your family and your friends. And then let's reconvene on Monday when we talk shop with the Houston for the Houston Texans. I'm John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow this page, the Locked On Texans page, as well at Locked On Texans. And also check us out on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. Subscribe, like, and comment. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.